This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. To celebrate joining Pantheon Podcasts, Rock Camp, the podcast, the official podcast of Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, is giving away a guitar signed by Mike Portnoy of Dream Theater, Marty Friedman, formerly of Megadeth, and legendary shredders Zach Wilde, plus our rock star counselors like Vinny Apice, Monty Pittman, and more. To enter to win, simply follow, rate, and review our podcast on your preferred platform, and that's all you have to do. For more information, go to rockcamp.com forward slash podcast. It's the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp you've been waiting for. High Voltage Rock and Roll. President's Day weekend, February 15th through the 18th in Hollywood, California. It's an experience that will rock your foundations as we celebrate the music of ACDC with Chris Slade, Stone Temple Pilots with Robert and Dean DeLeo, and Heart with special guest Nancy Wilson. It's High Voltage Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. for another episode of Rock Camp, the podcast. We're six episodes in now. I'm Miles Schumann. I've been coming to Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp my whole life, and now I'm playing a new role in the Rock Camp world, which we can get into a little bit, which is fun. Here with David Fishoff, founder and CEO of Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, and of course, Britt Lightning, our musical director at Rock Camp. How are you guys? Doing great. Doing great. Doing great. Glad, me too. Glad to be back. Yeah. 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 We're made, we've got a home studio now that we're, we're coming back yeah. to, and it's really starting to feel like an official podcast. But lots going on in the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp world. We got two great camps coming up at the time that we're recording this podcast. We got one coming up in February with Nancy Wilson and Chris Slade from ACDC, the Stone. DeLeo brothers from Stone Temple Pilots. And then in March, this camp wasn't announced the last time we did a podcast. We have Van Halen, Michael Anthony is coming. Rat, Warren Demartini, Tommy Aldridge, the great drummer, and Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. So these are going to be fun camps. What can we expect at these two camps coming up? 
Oh man, a whole lot of rocking. I, I know we're getting great feedback and people want to hear, want to see that lineup for the Van Halen camp. They want to see a super group with Michael Anthony, Warren Martini, Tommy Aldrich, and yeah. uh, Sebastian. Wouldn't yeah, that that's be cool? the fun part about this camp is you have something for everybody. You got a singer, you got a drummer, a bass player, a guitarist. They could go on tour. Unbelievable how it was picked up and it's, it was sold out. You know, it's, it's basically sold out. So I think that's great. Everyone loves that lineup. Everyone right. loves that And it's that celebrating lineup. 40 years of two of the greatest albums of that decade. So right. yeah, Van Halen's 1980 and rats out of the cellar so it's going to be very cool and Warren doesn't get out that much so this is kind of a, a really exclusive opportunity to, to see him and talk yeah, to yeah, him he's a great guy he did the camp before he had a great experience he really is not out there with a lot of people so right. but the minute I called him he says the same thing you want me to do from last time I said yeah you were great and he said I'd love to do it. So it, it was easy, you know. Yeah. He's, he's a great guy. And spots on that are going quick. We're already out of drummer spots for that Van Halen. People yeah, are excited spots. about Tommy yeah, no, Aldridge. Gonna, by the time this thing oh, airs, yeah. it's sold out already. So. Right. And then you mm-hmm. perform live at the Whiskey with Sebastian. So. That's right. That's going to be cool. Well, you can still sign up at rockcamp.com before it's too late. But other, in other news, you know, something we haven't talked about yet on the podcast is there's a whole other side of the business, and that's the corporate rock and roll fantasy camps. And, David, you can kind of explain that a little bit, but you just got back from holding one in Tampa. I was just returned from Tampa. I, Britt, I totally understand why you're willing to perform for free but get paid to travel. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the rock and roll. You know, going on the road is, you know, just a whole new thing. But it was fabulous. It was a camper of ours named Joe Pulitano, and uh, he's been attended in many camps, and he's um, president of a, an insurance company. And he decided that last year he took his meeting and he talked about, he based it on uh, Tom Cruise mm. and Mission Impossible. And he said, I got to do something different this year. He said, I'm going to do Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. And he called me up and he said, David, would you deliver the keynote? And I said, absolutely. And, and then he says, I have, ba- I have musicians in my band and I want to just follow what you do. And it was great. It was great because I think the key to running a company is same thing as the key to running a band. It's got to be team building. And he decided that he was going to focus on team building, collaboration. And my speech is basically about what happens at the four days of Rock Camp. Collaboration, the fear factor, taking the risks. And it really ties into the world of business, exactly being in a band. And while you can't explain show business to anybody in the regular business, they don't get it. <laughs> but what the success of being in a band is the same success as running a company. And, you know, I want to talk to Britt about that because I'm not a musician, but as a musician, you've been in bands. Some have worked. Some haven't worked. What's the key to success in being in a band? I think the biggest key, more than even playing your instrument proficiently, is being a good person and easy to work with and willing to compromise, willing to work on things as a group and and not just being the one leader and, you know, just being able to really understand and communicate with each other too that's huge because i think that's what happens that's why you see these huge bands they have so much money they can't get back together for a reunion tour because they can't even communicate you know they can't stay on the same bus they don't even want to look at each other they can't make eye contact and it's like it all all just goes down the tubes when people just can't communicate and can't be open and understanding and and have a good conversation now I, i heard this line in camp it always says to be a musician and to be in a good band you have to learn to listen can you explain that to me? Because I, I don't understand it as a non-musician. What does it mean to listen? I can listen to your guitar spots, your drum spots. What does it mean? Yeah, listening on a whole to all of the instruments because everybody's adding something. Everybody's at a different frequency. And it's not just what you're playing, but it's how your part works with the, like how my guitar works with the bass, how it works with the drums, how we complement each other, how we leave room for each other so we can all speak, almost like a regular conversation. You know, if you're not listening to me, you're not getting anything out of it, and the conversation is 
is not good. And the people listening just hear it as a one-way conversation. And that's what I thought when I watched the Disney special on the Beatles, Miles. Right. I don't know if you saw that. But oh, yeah. I thought that the collaboration, I mean, if I think what the success of the Beatles were that you had a McCartney, you had a Lennon, and, you know, while Ringo's not the greatest drummer, you know, when you see him, you know, like like from The Who, you know, uh, the drummer of The Who is Who. What's his name? The, the, oh, Keith Moon. Yeah, it wasn't like Keith Moon going crazy and things like that. <laughs> he was keeping the beat. And right. he was, he added things and he added links to, and he added, you know, drum shuffles to songs. And I think, I always say that that the success of the Beatles were that they they listened, they all came together, and they sounded great because one wasn't trying to outdo the other exactly what you said right. and Le- dynamically too it's like if the guitar player like i know we're going to talk about jeff beck later because you know he, he yeah. came up and you know he's a really dynamic player and so when if you if you're listening the other players are listening you can hear when he's taking it down and rolling down the volume knob and so everybody has to come down with it if the if the you know drummer is still just banging away it's not gonna it's not gonna complement right. sound right at all so it's like you guys got to pay attention especially in those improvisational situations let me ask you this david since you mentioned the get back the Beatles documentary, having spent so long on the road with Ringo and then seeing him in this context where, you know, he's no longer necessarily the leader of the band, he's the drummer. How did the collaboration look different with the Beatles with Ringo versus what you saw on the road? Well, I saw a guy who just wanted to be part of a band. And it was amazing. He, he, you know, even when I went to give, uh, say, would you do this interview? He'd say, oh, give it to Nils, you know, give it to Joe Walsh. You know, he always was out. He's a, he's a band guy. He's always about the band and not about being an individual. And I think he practices his, you know, the songs that he was touring with all these people. He'd want to have the song list. He'd want to be, you know, and, and not, not to outdo anybody. You know, I think that's was the great thing. I, and I think that's the su- success of his all-star band that you want to play with him because he's not over he's featuring you he's not overwhelming and i thought that was great and you know he has that that mentality of being in a band and i you know i thought that 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 was fun to see everybody getting to do their 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 to be featured in in their in their song and then they came back, you know, and they, and they became a band. So, so you when know. you do this at a corporate rock and roll fantasy camp, you know, obviously the idea is to get the company to collaborate like a band. What, what's the, it's a little bit different than an actual rock camp. How's the structure work? So, you know, the way they did it this past camp was he had he put the teams together two weeks in advance. I usually do it as a surprise. I always tell these companies that to me the best thing is at four at four o'clock after you've drilled these people with all these business ideas and all these marketing ideas. Let's surprise your guests. And they come into a room, and they have a backstage pass, and, you know, and they, and they, they usually have a band up there playing. So I've had Vinny, uh, Vinny Appice on drums, Lita Ford, and, you know, Bruce Kulick, and have th- them come together as a band. And, they, and the people walk in, they think they're going to a rock concert. You know, they think the company's so nice. They gave us this great show after we, they busted our tushes, you know, all day. And they walk in, and... And all of a sudden, the band kicks into a Kiss song or any song they want. And then all of a sudden, I'd get up there and, and say, Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Team Rockstars. And today, you're going to be a rock star. And they're like looking at me like, well, what's going on? I said, that's right. You're going to be a rock star. You're going to go into a room with one of these rock stars. And you're going to rewrite the lyrics to one of their songs that they're associated with or they wrote. And you're going to, about your company. And you're going to tell us everything you learned the last three days. And then you're going to come back here in 90 minutes. You'll have dinner with the rock stars, and then you're going to get on stage, and you're going to perform this song and, and you, with choreography, and the best band's going to win. you got to come up with an original name like we do at Rock Camp. you got to come up with some great lyrics and a little choreography, and the rock stars will play behind you. 
And then afterwards, the rock stars will they'll do a whole set for you. And the lyrics that these people write are just incredible. And, you know, they're making fun of their competition. They're making fun of, you know, or, or they're talking about, they're talking about what they've learned. And, you know, some of the lyrics are just so crazy that I remember doing one for Disney, and Disney said, please, don't let anybody film this, you know. Or, or GE said, please, they talk about our competition. So I like that they keep it in-house and no, no video or anything like that. And I just have to read you some lyrics because yeah, please. this last camp, this was really funny. So they took the song Proud Mary, Rolling Down the River, right? And this is about special care. This is about long-term care. That, that's what they specialize. Long-term care, you should buy long-term care insurance and this and that. So they said, learned about care from my parents, bathing, dressing, and eating, help on the can, but they're never burdened. Man, it's so easy. Happy was my family. They had a plan. And the words were, but this, this was the funny thing was, hold on. Oh, I should have had this prepared. Rolling down the river. So what they did was they said, rolling down my wheelchair. And, you know, <laughs> this was so funny. They, they, hold on. I got it. This is so funny. This is, you have to, I have to get this. I just, uh, I, ran, I, I sang it to somebody before I came here. But anyways, rolling, rolling down my wheelchair. And, you know, they would just wrote the funniest stories. But what it does is it gives them everything they learned in, about their business. And they write these songs. And while they're in a band, they never will forget this opportunity for the rest of their lives. And they get to be on stage. And, you know, I saw one guy shaking with his lyrics. He was like, so nervous. You know, getting on stage, what does it do, Britt? It, it, breaks, your, it breaks your nervousness, right? It, mm -hmm. it, it gives you a little confidence. You know, people are scared to get on stage, sure. scared to write a lyric that might, might, might come out. <laughs> and it breaks all fears, all barriers. And I think it brings together parts of companies, like the accountant is, is working with the, you know, with the president of the company. They all work together, mm. and they collaborate. And you know, I did it for People Magazine one year, and you know, Roger Daltrey, he he got up there and he, he performed with the bands, and I've had Nancy Wilson do it, and and Max Weinberg, and you know, it's really quite fun to see these people perform, and also to show you the collaboration of of music and business, and we're really it's all the same thing. And it sounds like it kind of removes that power dynamic in a company a little in a, a little bit. It puts everyone on equal playing fields. You're yep. working together. I was just together. about to say everybody can is afraid of messing up. Everybody is yeah. afraid of looking bad on stage in a public area. Everybody is self conscious to a degree, and that kind of like unifies everybody. And they put on their wigs. You know, they get wigs. <laughs> they get sunglasses and beads, and, oh. and they take the guitars and they take those plastic guitars. I mean, just the. The event is just such a, an incredible event, and I did it for People Magazine, and my friend, my, my friend Paul Kane said, you know, I have 400 ladies going down to the Bahamas, and, and we did it. We put it together there. I had Mickey Dolenz from the wow. Monkees. I had Bruce Kulick. I, had, I brought all these people to take a band on and, and to, to teach them, you know, how to be a band and, and to write lyrics with them of, of great songs. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll continue this conversation after a word from our friends at this company. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And you've had you've had Max Weinberg, Nancy Wilson, Vin, Vince Neil, Roger Daltrey. They've all done the corporate camps. They've for you done too. the corporate camps. Yeah, you know, Vince Neil was great. Kia Motors. They had invited twenty editors from magazines and writers to test the new Kia motor and the new Kia car. They drove it around all day, and they came back at four o'clock, and they thought they're going to have a nice dinner. And we surprised them. No, you writers have to write songs, and we're going to have a dinner here. You'll eat with the rock stars, and and you'll get up here and you'll perform what you learned about the Kia car. Wow. And then Vince came in and he judged and he performed at the end. It, it, quite interesting. They're really great events. Britt, have you been to any of the corporate camps? We haven't done many, no, you know, and because of COVID, you know, because of yeah. COVID. Right. But right. we're going to start them up again because yeah, good. I just got I got reinvigorated seeing. You know, like seeing your idea come to life and to see these people really getting to live a life like a rock star. Absolutely. It's on our website, you know, our corporate camps, and you see some good fun video stuff. Well, back to the the normal rock and roll fantasy camps. You know, we have these great upcoming camps that we've been talking about. And, you know, David and I were talking about earlier off the off the air. Maybe we should give a little bit more insight into what it really is to put these camps together, because there's a lot that goes into it. And now I can speak to it a little bit because I'm, I'm now helping out with you guys putting these together. And, and it's really kind of amazing to see the vision come to life, because that's what it always starts out as. It starts out as a name. You know, somebody we throw around names. Oh, maybe, you know, maybe Michael Anthony from Vin, from Van Halen. And and, you know, then it turns into artists. Uh, you know, have you has the system always kind of been the same as far as putting these camps together? Well, you know, unfortunately, they've, they've different times have done different things. But the last four years have been great with Brit because, you know, I got to tell you, you know, Bob Iger, the president of Disney. So his job when I met him years ago at ABC, he was a, he put the boxing matches together. What is that called? The the when you when you, you know, oh, the 
Like pairing them up? The pairing them up. He would pair the two the boxes. Match, yeah. yeah, matchmaker. He right. was the matchmaker. <laughs> and I always look at Britt as, as the matchmaker of Rock Camp, you know? Right. You're the, you know, and look where he went. So, hey, head of Disney now. <laughs> <laughs> but Bob Iger, that's what he did. And I, I was in touch with him years ago because I was representing a boxer named Trevor Burbick, and I was negotiating against Don King. Mm-hmm. And Don King told the, my boxer that he was getting X amount of dollars. And I called Bob Iger on the phone and just introduced myself. And he was so nice to me. And he said, no, David, I'm paying $250,000 for this fight. And it was Trevor Burbick against somebody else. And anyways, so he's the matchmaker. So that's Britt's job. Britt's, I think she's done an amazing job and to calm people down and to put the, by actually asking these people, so tell us, you know, how, how you do it and the magic of bringing these bands together. Because I really think that that's a key part of Rock Hand. That's the biggest question. What band am I going to be in? Right. I'm a beginner. You know, what can I learn? You know, how scared should I be? Yeah, it's like doing a Rubik's Cube. That's what I think ah, of when I'm doing it. But I love, I've, you know, I've been doing it all, all this past week, you know, getting on Zoom, talking to, to campers for about five minutes each, you know, five to ten minutes. And I just want to, you know, get to know them. Um, because being in a band, like I said, it's not just about playing. It's not just about your experience level. It's your personality type. It's what you hope to get out of camp. I have We have some people that are like, I'm going to be in the best band. We're going to choose the hardest songs, and I want my counselor to crack the whip, and we're going to be the best in the world. We're going to take over Rock Camp. And then I have people that are like, listen, I own three companies. I barely have time to practice, and I really just want to have a good time. Like, let's have fun. This is my, my bucket list getaway weekend. Right. So matching that all up and then, you know, and then everybody has requests, of course, too, like, oh, it'd be really great to be with them. And then, oh, I want to be in a band with this other camper that I met at that last camp. So piecing them all together, but also with keeping in mind the skill level, they all have to play together. We don't want one person to be way too behind or ahead of another person. And then that becomes frustrating for somebody. So it's a lot of work. And I sit in front of the screen and move people. And how does that look? How does that look? Yeah, yeah let's try it like this. How do you keep those Zoom calls, you know? kind of in time and in order because you're also the first rock star that these campers are meeting i imagine you know people want to people want to chat you know about vixen and all sorts of stuff it's true (laughs) i just really try to keep it really structured and but it's funny too because a lot of times people play for me on the calls and that can take time to set up and everything and but and they they're really nervous and i and they say i think this is the most intimidating part of the whole camp because it's like their first experience performing for somebody that they don't know and a lot of people haven't done that so i'm like it's okay like there's zero judgment you know but it's kind of a good icebreaker but that's kind of hard to you know listen to somebody for five minutes and then know exactly how they what band they should be in from there i mean is it really just you just listen and you know kind of exactly where to put them based off that I actually can tell. I say, I say, just give me thirty seconds. I can because that's I, right. yeah, that's, and you know, that, that's, and I know how I react under pressure too. So, like, if I were in that situation and I were new, I know that I'm not playing my best in front of this person right now, and I and I can see where that those like where it lacks and where where their strengths are, and I can see all that sure really fast. Actually. You know, Miles, when you went to camp, I don't know if you remember that when it first when you at the first camp you were there. I don't yeah. know if we did it then, but the process used to be. We tell these people to learn a few songs, and we had the counselors behind the table. Yeah. And and then, you know, Bruce Kulick, and, and we'd get up on guitar, and Simon Kirk on, on drums, and the ba- we'd call up a bass player, get up there and play with them. And that was their first, you know, their first time they saw a rock star, you know, met a rock star. And they would get up there, and they'd perform. And the, the counselors would, would basically, like, draft. They'd have right. a draft, and they'd pick, I want this one. The problem was 
the, the beautiful women who came, they were fighting over those. I want her in my band. <laughs> <laughs> they were fight, then they were fighting for the great players, you know. Yeah. And then it got to be so competitive. I said, wait, we got to stop this, you know. <laughs> now, now, I saw people running back to their phones, you know, getting on their phones the minute they got off stage. I just jammed with Bruce Kulick. I just jammed with, you know, with Simon Kirk. So that was the exciting part that they didn't know. I like what we're doing now because I think – you know, I had lunch with a guy on Friday who's in Tampa. I figured I'm gonna. Uh, he's coming to camp, first time camper. I'm down in Tampa. Let me call him, reach out to him. We had lunch, and he said, "David, I'm nervous. You know, I've been playing my whole life." I said, "Don't be nervous. I guarantee you, you're gonna be put in the right band." I'm having lunch with him and saying, "Relax, it's gonna be fine." And and after they got the phone with you, they're they're much calmer and things like yeah, that. Yeah, but he yeah. was real nervous. When he was he got nervous, out. wasn't oh, he? Yeah, he? And he, he was he in admitted a bit. It. He w- he was barely making eye contact. He's like, uh, you know, I uh, I don't know if I should be here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just breathe. And I told the story about how it used to be. I said you used to have to go and audition in front of the whole camp in front of all the counselors and the rock stars. So you got it easy. <laughs> well, that's that's because I've been answering the phones, you know, the last couple of weeks, and that's the most common question that comes in is how do you put the bands together? What band am I going to be placed in? And as soon as I tell them, oh, you know, you're going to get on a Zoom call with Britt, you're going to spend five minutes playing, showing her what you can do, and she puts them together that way, you can almost hear a sigh of relief. It's like, oh, good, I, I have time to prepare for this thing. Because right. people, you know, uh, people get scared coming to it. I think that's the that's the biggest issue, is people get intimidated. Biggest issue. Biggest but issue. You, you no sh- question about it. As soon as you're it. there, there's nothing intimidating about it. Exactly. That's the biggest issue. I don't know how to combat it. I think the, I was hoping the documentary, I hope that helps you. But if you see the first documentary that was done on Rock and Roll Fanscape on TLC, and it's on it's on uh, YouTube. Yeah. There's an eight-part series of, of the TLC, and you will see these people auditioning at the Key Club. And it was, you know, it was really funny, but on the other hand, I can see it's very nerve-wracking to people. Some people loved it, and some people, you know, probably got scared, but I like the way we do it now. I think the Zoom thing is great. They come in, also meeting in advance. Yeah. You know, you always arrange for them, the counselors, to, to talk in advance. And, you know, guys like Tony Franklin and Vinny, they calm you down and they say, hey, we're here to have fun. And I think that's the key. Have fun. Yeah. yeah. And that's true. Yeah. The counselors will do a whole Zoom call with everybody in the band so you can meet face to face and break the ice before getting to camp. Because then I guess probably part of the time, too, in the past, campers would spend a little bit of the first day of rehearsal just getting to know each other. And what do you like? And, you know, you know, just chit chatting. And now they they can do all the chit chatting before camp and get right to rocking in rehearsals. And, and the master classes that you've been setting up also been a great addition to. Let's talk about them, because yeah. I think they. The 24 people showing to the to Joel Hoekstra's class, and, and these classes have been doing great. Yeah, what's cool about the classes is, you know, the counselors know it's not level-specific, so they kind of take you through basics to advanced. I mean, Joel started off with, like, making sure you're in tune all the way up to his crazy white snake shredding that he does. So, I mean, it covered the whole spectrum, and... And, you know, we say it's an hour, but they go long. Bumblefoot went over two hours, you know. Wow. So people want to, if there's questions and there's interest, like, they're here to help you and, and to learn. And so it's a great place where you can also just ask questions about the upcoming camp. So I'm trying to learn this, you know, Warren Martini lick. How, you know, what is he doing? Good there? luck. Break it down yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we so we had Joel. We had Gary Hoey. Jason Ebb's doing a vocal Bumble, class. Yep, yeah. And that's coming up. Vinny Apice's doing a drumming master class. I mean, you can't, who, who better to learn from? I mean, gosh. You know, another question that I've noticed comes in a lot is, is it the same for the young rockers, for the kids, as it is for the adults? And the, the answer is yes, but is the process of putting them together different? Because, you know, at the last camp, we had one kids band who was phenomenal at that metal camp. What did camp. you do? We got one kids band that, that 
that and they were great. Yeah. But, and sometimes or usually the kids band is the best band right. because they really practice and work hard and they also don't have to run three companies. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at this last camp, you know, you had I don't know five or six kids who were all equally equal levels and they were all masters at their instrument essentially. How rare is that? I mean, you know, yeah, I agree. The kids' bands are always the best, but does it get hard if you have kids who are different skill levels? Do you ever have two kids' bands in there? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, we've had a few times with two yeah. kids' bands. But right. even even still, if, if like the majority of, of the players in that band are, are at a certain level, you can have a guitar player that's learning, and you find a spot for them. And you always learn more when you play with people that are better from you. So sure. that's I, I love that point because I think what's great about camp, and the, when people say, oh, the guy's not as good, I think the key is lifting people up. And, again, that's coming together as a band. And while all these bands that are out there weren't all the greatest players, I think the collaboration brought a guy who's a C up to an A. Sure. And that's what I loved about camp. I, I, I have to say that I, when you're putting these, these bands together, and, and she's interviewing the counselors and things like that, I always love the, you know, the, the counselor who says, give me the worst band. Mm-hmm. You know, what you think is the worst band, I'll make it the best band. And I've seen Spike Edney take the worst bands, who I thought, oh, God, where did he, you know, what's he going to do with this band? <laughs> By four days later, he's got them playing amazing, and they're all together. And, and I saw with two drummers in a band in Columbus, Ohio, and he told one to keep doing that, and the other one was doing the fills, and you got everything. So I, I think that the, the, the genius of our council staff and Brit is how they take these bands and they just bring them together and just got to have patience. You know, you get nervous. You're there the first day, you're definitely nervous. Mm-hmm. But once that nervousness goes away, the ride is great. The ride is great. Yeah, and nothing is impossible, you know? And so I think these counselors tell everybody that. And and the, the comfort of knowing that music is a continuous learning experience. You can never master music, ever. I oh. mean, I, I, I was just watching an interview. Well, we'll talk about it later, but... Chad Smith talking with Ginger Baker and just, you know, fanning over that and just, how did you do this and how do you do it? And, you know, so even the best of the best were always constantly learning. Yeah, I remember that interview. There's a great clip yeah. where, where Ginger's got a cigarette yeah. hanging out of his <laughs> mouth and Chad tries to light it for him and Ginger's like, get that out of here. I got it myself. And But, you know, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> exactly. about Ginger Baker later because Ginger's come to camp and, and there's some good stories around that. But at these upcoming camps, like we said earlier, we have great headliners. The One of the first big ones coming is Nancy Wilson. Talk about Nancy's history history with the camp. She's come a couple times. How did you get her originally? So I tried for 10 years. She had a manager, Miss Peterson, I forgot her last name, who's so nice. Every time I wrote to her, she wrote me back, David, I've asked, I've asked. 10 years. 10 years. I, I got I turned I got turned down. One day, Jerry Cantrell's at camp, and he was doing camp, and Sunday morning, I look at my, my phone, and it's Nancy Wilson, and I'd love to be interested in your camp. I spoke to Jerry Cantrell, and I said, wow, so her and Jerry are good friends. Wow. And, um, and nobody would expect that. Ten years I've been trying to get Nancy Wilson to come, <laughs> and all of a sudden he came, and next thing I know she's at camp. And she's fabulous. I mean, what a, an amazing woman. What a, I would say, an icon to, to women, you know, as, as you know, for where she's gone as a musician. And she's fabulous. And I'm excited, I, I'm excited when she comes. And, and next camp will be great. She did the women's camp. She's done yep. camps without, you know, that have been – for everyone, and, yeah, and so that's how I got Nancy. But I waited ten years, and and so Britt, you know, talk about the impact of how it because a lot of 
you know, there's obviously less women than there are in rock and roll. So when we get a, a, a woman headliner at a camp, that's not necessarily just for women. I mean, what's the impact? Do a lot more women end up showing up to play? It's it's pretty exciting, right? You know, to have Nancy coming. Yeah, I think there are more women when, when we have somebody like that coming. And, and somebody so iconic like Nancy, that's just the albums that she's on are, are historical albums of classic rock, like basis for all the new rock and stuff, you know? And so when you hear that crazy on you intro and you see her playing that live in front of you, it's just like, I don't care if you've met her a hundred times, it's always impressive to right. see that go on right in front of your eyes. And then to actually stand next to her and do it with her, it's just, it's totally mind-blowing. And they're back on tour. Anne and Nancy are back out there. They sure are, yes. 40 shows. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Opening for Def Leppard and Journey on the stadium tour. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, that's that's always really exciting for, for me, you know, having come to the camps as a camper. To come to the camp and get to jam with them right before you're going to be able to go out and see them in stadiums and stuff like that. You oh, know? I thought that was great with Richie Fortas. You know, he comes to camp and a member of Guns N' Roses, and, and he calls Britt up and says, can I come at a different time because we're in the middle of Guns N' Roses rehearsal? And I think he showed up on a Saturday morning, you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning. He was the first one there. Yeah, and we had John Five at the camp that Richard Fortas was at, and then yeah. soon after he joined Motley Crue. Now he's on these stadium tours. And, and, and yeah. he was rehearsing, too. He said, can I yep. come Thursday night and— and do you mind if I come in earlier and, and at nighttime? And, and we said, we don't care. Just come to camp. Right. But it's cool, too, because we've got, you know, Michael Anthony, and he's reuniting with his old bandmate, Sammy Hagar, yeah. and they're and with Jason Bonham, who we had at camp. They're going to play Van Halen music out there. So, yeah, they're going to yeah, so play Van Halen you, music. You jam with yeah. Michael Anthony first, then he jams for all these huge crowds. Yeah, it's so. almost like this is their, this is a rehearsal for them, in a sense. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of fun to, to think of it. You get to rehearse with, with Van Halen before Van Halen plays. I mean, where else can you <laughs> get know, that? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you, you know, it reminds me when Roger Dolce said to me, all your compas are in the front row. I said, well, once they were in the front row, and they jam with you, they can't sit 10 rows exactly. back. You know? yeah. They got a dream that they're on stage with you. Yeah. Right, right. So Nancy's going to be awesome. I'm really excited for that one. I've never been at a camp with Nancy. And the DeLeo brothers are going to be at this camp too. Now that's interesting. You don't necessarily always think of Stone Temple Pilots and Heart together, but obviously there's a grunge background of Nancy and Alice in Chains are good friends. So, you know, how did this camp kind of come together of these three bands as far as Stone Temple Pilots, ACDC, and, and Heart? Well, I think it's cool to get a diverse, you know, group of, of talent because then you get people from all different backgrounds musically to come together for a camp. And then a lot of times on the interviews like that I was doing last week, campers were like, you know, I'm a huge Heart fan, but I didn't know a lot of Stone Temple Pilots. And it's been so much fun digging into their catalog and learning about this band. I never would have done it otherwise. It's really cool. But, you know, there's a lot of musical similarities. Like they're both very heavily influenced by Zeppelin, for example. And, you know, it's all rock and roll at the end of the day. And yeah. it's just how you, how you tweak it, how you produce it. So it's, yeah. And what, what's the history with them at camp? How did you get the DeLeo brothers originally? Um, pictures, you know, I, no, just joking. Uh, <laughs> they're great guys. You know, yeah. I reached out there. Their manager, the same manager, Slash and Jeff Arner, and he, great guy. And he's been doing this a long time. And, and, you know, approached the guys and they had a great time, a great experience. And, and then I remember I'm in the airport in LAX and all of a sudden Robert taps me on the shoulder. Hey, David, why don't we do another camp? Oh, that's great. <laughs> so I think you they, really do run into everybody, everybody. It it's always insane. Does. I, yeah. I run into people all the time in the airports. And, yeah. But it was interesting that, yeah, so they, they came back and then you saw them on tour and they're, but they're great guys. I mean, they get it. They understand yeah. what camp's about and I think they love it. And so, you know, again, once the rock star gets there, there's no reason they're not coming back. 
back. You sure, know, they're not coming back. And and whether it's Joe Perry and Roger, and I think they get that experience that that meeting these campers is just so much fun for everybody. I remember after everybody jammed with the DeLeo brothers at the last camp, Carmine. A piece came back because he was like, uh, he wanted to watch them jam with everybody. And then at the end, he was like, Can I jam with you guys too? And they got all up on stage and started oh, improvising. Cool. And yeah, once they come in the doors of camp, everything is different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no rules. <laughs> right. You know, we're having lunch with everybody. That is, you know, I, I was telling you earlier, this is rock and roll history. I mean, these stories going to come out about Ginger Baker's last appearance. It was right. at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. It's in books. It's been documented. So anybody who comes to camp, you're part of rock and roll history. And, you know, you got to, anyone who got to jam with Jack Bruce, that's that's a once in a lifetime. You're not getting that ever again. No, you know? unfortunately. And, you know, no. Unfortunately, not, not until the hologram it. camp comes around. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying that I think that, you know, being a rock and roll fantasy camp, each camp, is another piece of rock and roll history that will be documented either by the rock star or by this podcast or or you see, you know, what's in the vaults. We talked about how it's a big problem that campers get intimidated before they come in. Maybe not intimidated, but is that an issue with the rockers too, you know, explaining to them what they're actually going to be doing? So, you know, that's a great question, Miles, because, you know, in the documentary I tell people, I don't tell these rock stars what to do. That's the last thing I'm going to tell them what to do. So, you know, I remember when Slash came, you know, he jammed. I said, you know, jam with a band, do a song. And he stayed with the band for an hour, one band, and walked in the next room and he spent another hour. And then he spent another hour. And I'm looking, I'm like, you know, this, you, you got a lot of bands, you got 12 bands to Don't worry, I'm going to do them. And he, you know, you can't tell these people what to do. I, I, I don't think, so. you know, Meatloaf, we'll talk about these on our next episode, but, you know, Meatloaf came in and he thought his music was too difficult to play. And he was, didn't want to embarrass anybody that they're going to mess up. He spent an hour with each band in the room teaching them about how to perform on stage, his philosophies. I hate when a guitar player turns her ass and his ass on, on, the, on the audience, you know. They should be looking at that last row. Now he's, a, he's an actor, too. So he spent his entire time, and I, he said word for word what he said in each room. But you walked out of there and you learned something because you learned from a pro how to perform on stage. And, you know, that was his thing. I couldn't tell him what to do. I couldn't tell Jeff. I'm not going to tell Jeff Beck what to do because I respect him. Dave Mustaine. It's a great one. He came to camp and, you know, everyone's nervous. Dave Mustaine. He's Dave Mustaine. And I said, you know, would you, I'm going to bring a band in to jam. And, and he said, no, no, no. I want to go see each band. And he went to every room and he spent hours with each band showing them how to do the song. And then I said, you know, but part of it is, you know, you're performing with them. Don't worry. He stood in the back. He let them play. He stood in the back strumming his guitar. Now, I thought that was really cool. Here's a guy who really gets it. He was really wanting to teach these people his songs. Great scene in the film with Scott Keller, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He gives him the, the pick and everything like that. But that was his appearance. Must be a Megadeth thing because Marty Friedman did the same thing at the last camp at Metal Mania 3. He, yeah. said, he said, I want to watch you guys do the whole song, and then I'm going to just absorb it all and see what I can make better, and then I'm going to jam it with you that's after right. I tell it to you well, and that, explain it to you. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. You know, when you, so, so I love when these, when these people come in and they have their own agenda. Meatloaf had his own agenda, what he yeah. was going to do. 
A, That's it. A great one was Gene Simmons when he came in years ago. I'll never forget that. He comes in and he shows everybody his schedule and he says, you see this, this, and this? I'm supposed to be doing this right now. I'm here two hours early because I did all of this already this morning. And then he spent, you know, he spent all day with, with each band. He rewrote, he would take Kiss songs and teach everybody how to restructure incredible. them into new stuff. It was incredible. I, I'll never forget that. You know, uh, he walks into the first band and says, we want to do Deuce. And he said, excuse me, I'm not, I'm, you know, you can do this with somebody else. I'm here to teach you how to write a song. That was his thing. That was his and thing. And he spent hours with these bands, yeah. and he showed them how he wrote every one of his songs. And it, Joe Walsh, Led Zeppelin, he took the song, changed the chord, made it his song, the lyrics, and he wrote songs. And then he listened to all these people's songs afterwards. They sent it to him. He commented it. He was incredible. I mean, he loves to teach. And then he, you know, copied my idea, and he right. does it himself. But that's Gene. <laughs> that happens you know. every once in a while out <laughs> you there. you got to expect that. That's you start okay. seeing all these other bands have camp. camp you know, they all yeah, got Yeah, I mean, listen, now, yeah. there was another band who tried to do the same thing, and, and they brought all the uh, – invited everybody to come to their backyard and hang out and do a camp. And they ended up getting sued because there weren't enough toilets. <laughs> Right. They, didn't, they didn't have enough food. They didn't have a sound system. It was like Firefest. Oh, they right. Right. Fest. It was, You know yeah. what? It was Firefest. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I love when they rock star thinks, oh, this is easy. You know, everyone thinks what we do is easy, you know. Yeah. And, and over the years, I've seen that. But when, when the bands start to do it, they don't, you know. But I, so I don't tell them what to do. They come in with an agenda of what they want to do in advance. So there's nothing you can tell them. And I think it's great. And, you know, I, I go back and forth, but. I love telling the story about the drummer from Pink Floyd who came mm -hmm. for four days, you know. Uh, so t once they're there, time's usually not an issue. I like when they come in prepared. Since Rock Camp is an original, it's original. It's never been done before. So they come in and have their own way of teaching. And everybody has their own way of teaching and sharing their knowledge. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, one I'm really excited about coming back is Sebastian Bach. He's always really funny. And I actually pulled a, a quote from the vault about uh, that Sebastian has. And we'll go ahead and listen to that right now. When somebody says, hey, Sebastian, would you like to jam with Judas Priest a couple blocks away from your house? <laughs> the answer will always be, yes, I do want to do that. Thank you. Like, I'm a fan, too. So this works out great for me. This is an opportunity to... Uh, kind of get away from the crazy news headlines that we all face every single day that I don't know about you but you know last couple months it's just been such miserable news every day coming to a rock and roll fantasy camp is exactly what the title says it is it's a rock and roll fantasy camp <laughs> so you get to have a rock and roll fantasy you get to forget about your troubles you can forget about you know what's going on in the world and everything have fun and that is the rock and roll fantasy i had a lot of rock and roll heroes growing up and they remain my heroes to this day and one of the biggest if not the biggest is rob halford and the fact that he's here in this building flips me out and uh tonight he's gonna be screaming like a demon on stage at the whiskey with the campers and the counselors and all the fans <laughs> and it's like you know it's great it's it's fun so here's another example of somebody that came to rock and roll fantasy camp as one of the rock stars and ended up getting to have a fantasy experience seeing one of his favorite bands play at the whiskey a go go that's one of the exciting parts of camp too is you get to see all of these huge artists play at at the whiskey at the viper room all these venues they'd normally never play right 
And that's a way to connect to a rock star, too. It's like, oh, my God, they're fanning out just like I'm fanning out over them. We're the same, you know? There's there's no difference, really. Right. Everybody admires somebody. Exactly. And and those shows are so fun that we do at the Whiskey. And, and Because, I mean, when do you ever get to see all of Judas Priest together coming out and playing Judas Priest songs at the Whiskey? I mean, they only ever do that for benefit shows and stuff like that. Right. Or you get these crazy lineups like we've got Vinny Appice on the drums, Tony Franklin on the bass, maybe Rob Halford singing. It's like, you know... Crazy, crazy lineups of, yeah. of, like, they're like mashups, band mashups. Sometimes it's fun, too, when the counselors have a history together, and then you end up getting, oh, here's a here's a reunion of Dio, of, of uh, Craig Goldie and Vinny, and, and, you know, I think Jimmy Bain maybe happened. One of those happened one, one time years ago where you get, or Rudy, you know, you get a reunion of an actual band on there because all of these guys, they don't normally see each other all the time anymore unless they're in a band together. Mm-hmm. Well, one of my favorite highlights was seeing Cheap Trick acoustically and playing with Roger Daltrey. I mean, that was wow. their fantasy. Wow. Cheap Trick loved, you know, loved the Who. And they wanted to collaborate with, with Rogers, and they got up there and they did a, did a set for the campers. That's but, you know, no, you know, I love the fanning out part. I mean, it's from Roger Daltrey to, to saying to me, uh, you'll introduce me to Levon Helm, and I'll do your camp. And I got Levon, and he fanned out, you know. And, right. and so, you know, everybody's got somebody that they fa- they'll fan out to. And uh, I hope on the next episode we'll talk about Jeff Beck. Absolutely. Because he fanned out also at Rock and Roll Fantasy oh, Camp. Good. Jeff Beck. So you're going to want to tune into the next one for that. Uh, real quick, because you mentioned Roger Daltrey, I heard a quote from Roger Daltrey this morning where somebody asked him what's going on with The Who, and he said, I'm glad to say that that part of my life is over for right now, which is, oh, wow. is I, interesting. I read it. Yeah. I read it. I was quite surprised, and I just decided that I have to go to he's, – he's, Roger puts together every year – for 24 years, he puts together five, six concerts for Teenage Cancer Trust in England at the famous London Hall there. And he put, he really gets on the phone. He calls Paul McCartney. Would you do it? He calls the bands. He calls the artists. It's his love for doing this. And this is going to be his last year. So uh, I am making a plane reservation because I've he's invited me every year. Oh, why don't you come? And, and I never go. And I got to go. So I am going to go March 18th, wow. right after that camp. And yeah, I'm the day gonna, after that camp. day after the camp. And I'm going to get on a plane and go see those teenage cancer concerts in um, get a plus in one. England. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about a plus two? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, what a you know that's a fun for David Fishoff. That's a I mean what a what a fun weekend that is. You're hanging out with Van Halen on the weekend, and then yeah. the Who the Who on Monday. That's, well, you know. I mean, right before New Year's Eve, my, I look at my phone, it's Roger Daltrey. How you doing? Wishing you a happy New Year, your family. I mean, there's not many rockers who do that to you. So, no, no. Uh, I, I have to go. Yeah, and, I'll, I'll and never forget. I, I want to be there to support him. I'll never forget interning for, for David. And, you know, he has me helping him respond to emails and stuff. And I had a moment where I went, you know what, David? I don't think any of my friends right now at their internships are helping their boss respond to an email from Roger Daltrey. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's only something. Rock, working at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp's a fantasy, too. Anyway, so, you know, like we've been talking about, we have all these great headliners coming to camp. Tommy Aldridge, and this is the, the last one we'll talk about, you know, you can, you can see the whole list of them at rockcamp.com. But Tommy Aldridge has come to the camp before, too. And his history, kind of like Zach Wilde's, is also a very fantasy-type story. I mean, he got a gig with Black Oak, Arkansas as a teenager when he was 17 years old. And uh, I have a clip from when Tommy came to camp last time. He tells a great story. We're gonna go ahead and listen to that now. Literally, I snuck out in the quad in the dark, dead of night. Yes, in the still of the night. In the still of the night. Very upset. It was very still indeed. And I was like really nervous. I was young, you know, and I signed some things that I shouldn't have signed. And the manager 
had the mangler, I call him. He had somewhat of a bad reputation for kind of having people beaten up. He was a little bitty guy. He wasn't going to beat up anyone. But, and I was young and really impressionable, and I was um, kind of intimidated. So I finally got the nerve to leave, and it was literally in the dead of night. I slept, snuck out, and I left my car there. Wow. Yeah, a friend took me to Memphis. And I called a plane from Memphis to Chicago. Wow, so are the guys in Black Oak, Arkansas going crazy trying to figure out where you are? Uh, not so much the guys in the band at that time. Uh, they were kind of like uh, puppets. They didn't really know what was going on until later on. Sure. That's kind of an interesting thing. All these rock stars start out so early and so young, they almost don't get to have a teenagedom or a, or a you know, childhood for, for a, a lot of them. But they all turn out, you know, it doesn't stunt them like Disney actors and stuff. Well, what do you think that is? That's why rock stars never grow up. You're right. Ever. <laughs> yeah. That's why they want to keep going on the road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess with, you know, with a Disney actor, it's not okay for them to be doing drugs and everything. With the rock star, it was part of the image. So they got to still have fun out on the road a little bit, right? Yeah, the, the worse your reputation, the better, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> and rock and roll. Yeah. 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 He did what? He overdosed how many times? He flatlined? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but does that still mm. haunt them later in their career? Like, are there people from the 80s that had a reputation and it's still like, oh, you know, we, we don't know if we should book them for a camp or for something now. Does that follow them? or? I think if they're alive today, then they've, they've changed their lives. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, Keith Richards is still going on tour this year in 80-plus. I mean... He's a perfect example. I mean, you look at him, you say, how's the guy standing? And once he gets on stage and he's, he starts those riffs, there's no greater showman than, than Keith Richards. They all look the youngest, too, for some reason. It's, it's like, crazy. And on the new album, Mick's voice sounds just like it did. It's like he never even aged. It's right. amazing. I know. Yeah, well, there's this that guy, Andrew Watt. They brought in a young guy that's mm -hmm. been producing all these records with the old rock stars. And, you know, I think it helps bring a, bring a little bit of youth into it. Maybe the AI is working, too. <laughs> the AI <laughs> might yeah. be working, too. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that Ringo and, and Paul were upset because there was a misconception out there yeah. about that Beatles song that they re recreated it with John Lennon's voice with AI, but it was really just they cleaned up real audio of John Lennon's voice with AI. Yeah. Do you think we'll start to see AI get into, you know, with Vixen? Are we going to hear an AI Vixen song ever? <laughs> I don't ever? think so. We don't even use backing tracks. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe maybe AI with Kiss avatars. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, we'll have to have an AI Kiss camp one day. <laughs> Guys, I think that is a good place to stop for this episode. This has been the sixth episode of Rock Camp, the podcast. Miles Schumann, of course, been at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp my whole life. Britt Lightning, our musical director. David Fishoff, CEO. Guys, I'm excited for what's to come next. And can we encourage people to write to Miles at Rock Camp? To, yes. And you'd love to hear your comments, your yeah, thoughts. And please. Help Email us. me, Miles, M-I-L-E-S, at rockcamp.com. And, you know, if you have great stories from camp that you want to feature on the podcast, we'll take them all. Miles at rockcamp.com. That's a great idea. Rockcamp.com to stay up uh, in tune and rockcamp.com slash podcast for all podcast stuff. Our newsletter, Rock Fantasy Camp on Instagram. Don't forget about Brit's Zoom Masterclass or Zoom uh, open houses each Tuesday night. There's so much Rock Camp stuff you could probably fill every day with Rock Camp. So thanks so much for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 